Well, hello, Dwayne Drummond here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, welcome to the podcast. I should say, Dwayne, yeah. welcome to the podcast with Allie. Yeah, and both of us, right, together, welcoming each other. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I know we kind of have like just an open forum today, and that's how I promoted it and put it up on some of the social media pages, you know, for people to see and um yeah, just us chatting. And, you know, I actually waited to have my second cup of coffee. So I waited so I could have actually have coffee for our coffee and tea chat. So uh, it wasn't go. just a fake cup, you know, like you see in movies where they, <laughs> you can tell there's nothing in it because it's like they're holding it up mm-hmm. like this to their mouth and it looks funny. But, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm glad to be on here with you. So what's going on with you? Like, just tell me a little bit about, you, you know, what you got going on and, you know, this time of year and, and, you know, struggles and successes, like how's everything in your, in your world, in the martial arts? Yeah. Uh, man, we're just processing the back to school stuff. Uh, you know, we've got, uh, I'd have to look, I could pull it up on spark, but, um, we got a ton of people on trial. So we're just funneling through those people. I mean, I met with two people last night. We're going to get a final decision on them, uh, on Thursday. One of them has two peop you know, two kids in the family, the other has one. That's great. Um so yeah, we're just funneling through that. I, I I September I didn't I didn't close September, I didn't hit all my marks in September. Right. Um I was okay. about five hundred dollars down for the month, um, you know, for my gross income. I Okay. Trying to think here. I, How I much five hundred? I was only five hundred dollars down. Yeah, that's not. Um, I'm glad you said only five because that's really not at all bad at all, right? No, no, no. I know, but um, and then trials. We we had twenty seven trials in that month. Um, wow. And I forget we didn't hit the mark on the signups because see some of those people are moving into October. Um, right. I could pull it up, but but and right now, I mean, I'm sitting at twenty tri- twenty trials right now. Uh, for the month right. of October. So wow. we're just processing people, man. We're just, you know, I got 21 intro appointments already set for this month. So, yeah, you know, now whether or not yeah. they show up, that's another thing, you know. But <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, what we always talk, like I was talking to one of my clients the other day, right, and we were talking about, and he had a really great month as well. And he's using uh, the same guy social media-wise. He um doing a, from Gus from um, Hunter Media. And, um, and he, Gus I think is on, got, by the way. Oh, he is? Oh, great. Oh, yeah. There he is. Gus, what's going on? I was just talking about you. So, um, David, David, my, my client, and, um, I think he signed, officially signed people up for the year, like six or seven out of his campaign for last month. So, um, that's kind of like a gross to about like seven or eight hundred dollars in yearly membership. So, with maybe only three or four more to go, um, depending on the program they choose, his market, his marketing with Gus will be in paid for in perpetuity, right? As long as they stay and remain students, those eleven people are earmarked to pay his marketing. So anything after those next three or four is for the next twelve months or whatever is all gravy, right? It's all pure profit, and I say pure profit, of course, you know what I mean. It's more marketing profit because you know dollars and cents going yeah. in your your campaigns being paid for. It's almost like if you had, I don't know, a, a donor, and they said, "Hey, I'll pay for all your marketing. It's gonna, I'll put in two thousand bucks a month for you, right?" That's what you earmark those twelve students. They're gonna pay for that marketing. So that's right, pretty cool. Right. So, but, I mean, there's but, a Christian, um, obviously, but uh, as long as yeah, you're exactly. handling the back end too, you know. Right, exactly. You know, but the if they do thing- sign up in the for the year, the majority of them will stay. So that's what's pretty cool. Um, but uh yeah, so that you have a good month going and twenty something trials is outstanding. Now you just gotta close them. And I've been super busy as well, so I'm I'm very excited. Like I've been getting conversion after conversion from Facebook. But I, I'm kinda like I don't know, Dwayne, if I talked to you about this, but I've taken a much more relaxed approach. Like almost like, hey, you know, hey, listen, try it out. I told two moms yesterday, this is the fall in love period. This is our dating period. I said, You're gonna see what we do. And make sure that it meets your criteria, that your mentality and, and your philosophies and mine gel, and vice versa. I'm checking you guys out as well. Like, I don't want those parents that are constantly pushing their kids and yelling at them and they're, you know, unprepared or whatever. Or they don't care. And it's just another one of the many, many activities. And the mom's like, oh, I really like that. And um, that, and I'll say, try it out for a month. If you love it, then you stay. If you don't, I get it. And I'm not yeah. pressuring people. I'm not letting it bother me, which is a big deal. 
I don't know. Yeah, I've like always that. taken the. I've always taken the approach that I. I don't. I don't. I'm not a pushy salesman at all. It's the program right. should sell itself. The experience should sell itself. And if we didn't do a good enough job, they shouldn't be there anyways. Um, I, I've always done an assumptive close. So right. meaning, you know, one of one of the things when I'm talking to them and it, I'll go, but just, okay, so just to remind you that we do all the payments uh, either through like a debit or credit card on a monthly basis. And, you know, you can pick the time of the month that you want it to come out. So we can do the 1st, the 5th, the 10th, the 15th, the 20th, or the 25th. Right. Can't do the 30th. Right. Can't do the 30th because February doesn't have, have 30 days in it. And then I jokingly mm-hmm. say, you know, although every four years it kind of comes close, you know, but uh, right. uh, because yeah. of leap year, but, uh, you know, it doesn't. So we do it, uh, the one and all the fives, you know. Right. Uh, and then I just say, you know, which which time of the month would work better for you? Right. That's that, great. That's all I do. And yeah. uh, they tell me. Um, sometimes there's a, they'll say, well, is there any way we can split it in half? And, oh, yeah, we can do this on the first, not on the 15th. Or, you, yeah. know, you tell me what works best for you. So, Right. Um, I, I, I've, almost, I've almost always done an assumptive close, and I let them right. tell me the reason why they're not going to join and that type of stuff. Right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. I mean, I think that sometimes we put too much stress on um, making sure that, you know, at, we're numbers watchers, right? And, and that's what in the past – I mean, listen, anyone – we're all the same, right? You know, the thing that probably keeps most people up at night um, and makes most people sick from stress and heart disease and all this bad stuff is money, right? Bills. And and you see that the people who are not money centric, right? You know, the monks and the, the vagabonds and the, and the drifters, right? <laughs> and, the, you know, they live longer. In fact, you ever watch the show New Amsterdam? It's a, yeah. it's a medical show. Really good. And last night, he's kind of like this. He runs this not-for-profit hospital, and he's always doing what's good for the patient. And yesterday, the theme was they're doing a census of all the employees to try to find out, um, you know, what makes them stressed. Like, you know, and most of it was la- lack of time with their family, lack of eating dinner with their family, money, et cetera. The same old thing that we always deal with. And he found that in his – and I don't know if this is true, but do, based on zip code that people's life expectancy changes. It might only be like – 11795 is West Ice of 11706 is Bayshore. They're only like two miles apart, but people in the 11795 zip code live to their 90s when the 11706s only live to their 60s based on their economics, um, their mental philosophy, the struggles they deal with on a daily basis based on their community. So I find that that was one thing that's always keeping me up at night, money. And it frustrates So I'm trying to let that all go. You know, that's my new motto, right? <laughs> Well, yeah. I, th- I think part of it is, too, that we, we have a tendency to live beyond our means as well. So rather than, yeah. you know, living on 60 to 70 percent of our income on a monthly basis, uh, weekly basis, daily basis, whatever, you know, we're pushing 100 percent of our income all the time. And so then right. there's a problem with that. And the problem is we need more income. But when we get right. more income in, we raise our level of, of you know, living. And so then, then the problem is yeah. there. Hey, you know, I don't know if you ever heard any of the interviews with my daughter, Kiara, where we do these, like, little lunchtime chats, but she would do it with me. And um, I'm really proud of her, as you know, and she's such a great kid. But what she, you know, we always talk about pollution, global warming. We talk about fossil fuels and, you know, uh, lowering our you know, emissions and, you know, all of that stuff. And then I always throw out to people and I go, do you realize, like, our diet is a very big issue when it comes to um, how how we pollute the environment? And I don't mean, like, just because I'm a vegan and maybe you're not, um, but it's really the production of food that really is bad for the environment. So in other words, like to grow cattle has twice the amount of waste and twice the amount of oil consumed because the, they actually use oil to fuel farms and, you know, it just goes into this big thing. But my daughter was talking about how, um, how uh, fashion is, is one of the biggest polluters. And I'm like, how is that? Like I was intrigued by it. And she talked about, and, it, and by the way, there's some relevance to what I'm saying. Um, and she talked about the trends in our society, how our society has been trained to buy things that we don't need. Wear it once, throw it away. Buy it for that specific event, that dress, and never wear it again. You know, get that pair of shoes because you're going to that wedding and then put it in the closet or toss it in the trash. So she's like, all that waste and all the chemicals to make the dye and all the environmental pollution that, that what they're using to make these products. Um, 
is really destroying the environment. So there's a whole entire trend out there to go back to kind of this thrift mindset, like the thrifting, like thrift stores. And, you know, like, like you and I, I think if you watch our posts, we wear similar shirts throughout, like, like, you know, so not you and I similar shirts that, that we each have, but I mean, like, you'll do a Wednesday and you'll have the same shirt on you had three or four weeks ago and I'll have the same shirt on that I had on two weeks ago. And we wear our clothes. We wear them over and over again, our favorite shirts and what we grab. But, you know, um, other people are trending and they're just wearing that one outfit for that one day and, and they don't realize, like, all of these things are big contributors. And I think we fall into that struggle right with um the martial art business like what do we need to do what do we need to buy what's the next bright shiny object we need to get like what is and i know that you and i have been a little controversial with saying like hey i'm not even following the industry trends anymore they don't interest me it's the same old stuff recycled or they're just trying to make a new bright shiny object for people to buy we're just running our businesses like businesses right yeah yeah it is uh and you know what all the good ideas aren't coming from inside the martial arts industry anyways they're coming from other industries and that's the way it's right. always happened you know right I, the uh, you know business world is not looking at the martial arts industry to see how to come up with this next bright and shiny object the martial arts yeah. industry is following the internet marketers and all these other things to come up with the next bright shiny object you know so we're yes. we're following we've always been following in our industry uh, to a certain degree, obviously there's some things that that only we can do. We we are the premier people for self-defense. Right. Obviously, we are the. I right. would say martial arts industry is the premier uh, people for also, uh, you know, bullying and anti-abduction and those things. And that's not against um, any other other programs that are out there. Um, but they all stem from martial arts in my opinion right you know now you, now you have uh you know cobra with its uh law enforcement based uh yeah self-defense program and also you know bullying and anti-abduction and and, and i i subscribe to uh a lot of it i'm actually a cobra owner as well i was just um, i was just gonna say i was gonna ask you i said you you are a member and you are using cobra defense right you're using the systems and the and the seminars and all that. In fact, we did interview both uh, John Graydon and um, who's the owner of Cobra Chris again? Sutton. Chris Sutton, right? Chris yeah. Sutton. And yeah, and yeah. Um, that was a great interview, right? So, I mean, how's that stuff working for you? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I love the – everything's laid out just so easy. Um, and some of it I was doing, some of it I never, ever thought of doing. You know, I don't have a, a – a law enforcement background, uh, or even some sort of tactical uh, military background. So to right. get that perspective in a written form, and then in you know in the classroom, like in the curriculum, and just the support materials that go along with it. You know, like for instance, let's take the bully program. You know, one of the unique things is there's there's actual step by step things that you you do. You know, with regards to if this happens, this is who you inform, and then. You know, and right. if, if things aren't getting taken care of here, this is who you inform and on and on and on and on. And not to mention, you know, uh, who you inform, but uh, letters that you can either right. put in an email form or a physical letter, whatever, already pre-written for you to just plug in your situation, plug in your name, send it off. And some of those stair-step things I never thought of and how to right. approach them and why, why to approach these, these different – it was yeah. just uh, very um, enlightening. So to go oh, back to cool. there's nothing new, nothing new uh, in our industry. I mean, what Chris Sutton did is he took his 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 um, uh, you know law enforcement background, and it's not just a police officer. He was also a correction officer, and then he also uh, taught in the academy too. So he taught police right. officers how to right. do hand to hand combat and all different scenarios and stuff like that. Well, he took all of that and with his martial arts background too created a program that covers not just the martial art, karate, haya aspect of it. It's a holistic right. type thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. And it's sense. not classy like some of the other programs that are out there. Now, I can't vouch for, you know, the hyper program. I can't vouch for, you know, some of these other programs that are out there. But I know the ones years and years before were just kind of, you know, say no and, Da, 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 da. And, you know, I'm sure they've evolved from there, but but right. I'm just telling you, they 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 didn't they didn't get their information mostly from the martial arts industry. They had to come from 
uh, outside. You know, for us, yeah. we, we look at uh, Facebook, like with Gus. You know, Gus is not a, uh, in, in quote-unquote, in the martial arts industry, but he is doing Facebook for the martial arts industry. He is an Internet marketer, um, and he's getting, you know, his education, you know, or has his education not from martial arts with regards right. to, you know, how he, you know what I mean? I don't know who he's studying yeah, yeah. under, but you, you get where I'm going right. with that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know Gus super personally, you know, other than that, other than me, us working together and developing this kind of professional friendship. But um, I don't think he's done the martial arts, right? I don't know if he has, so I, I'm not sure. But um, I might be wrong. But that, um, but at the but same, that doesn't matter, at the same right? Time, that doesn't no, matter. I know. But that's, I was going to say, at the same time, I think I almost want that, right? Because we also um, – we see things with those rose-colored glasses, or we see things as a sensei, or we, you know, we tend to believe our own hype, like, you know, this is what people are looking for. This is what people want. And sometimes it's kind of eye-opening. And then, of course, even myself included will say, like, ah, they don't get it. They're just clueless as far as what we do. You know, like, but we don't care about that. We want to get someone who could bring them in so that we could train them. And, um, yeah, I mean, my my stuff, it's interesting, which is – um. I don't know why, but when I did my Facebook campaigns myself, um, I got a less broader matrix of nationalities. Now that Gus is doing it, I'm bringing in like every culture, every creed, every color, every township, and, and we're drawing from some of the areas that I haven't drawn from in a long, long time. So um, maybe it's his way of coding and getting his, you know, the message out to certain demographics. Or maybe it's just a way that he's placing the ads and, and writing them. But I'm super happy with the results. And I don't have to pound my head against the wall trying to figure it out and do it. He just talks to me, and I'm like, good job. We got another. In fact, I got four leads in my sleep last night, which is awesome. Um, and, and by the way, not every one of them are panning out. But at the same time, the majority are doing really well. Like, I get a lot of people in free months. And if I got – I mean, we have about 25 of them in free months right now, 25 students. I'm going to convert probably at least 15 of those, I'd say. Um, so, and the energy is cool because all of these new faces gets the buzz going in my dojo where people are going like, oh, we're really busy. And I'm like, um, I, and I say to them, you know, like, hey, yeah, that's because we're the best in town. It looks like Gus replied. He said, I've done karate and BJJ, so I'm familiar with the industry, but still learning more about the industry as a whole. And I'm trying to mentor him as well, um, giving him insight and some of my crazy clients that I recommend to him and say, don't worry, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, he's an awesome guy. So uh, yeah, I'm happy so far. So let me ask you this question, Dwayne. Like right now, um, are you doing stuff like Halloween parties? Do you do like a Christmas party at the end of the year? Are you gearing up now? It's October right now, right? October 2nd. So, you know, at the end of this month, we have a Halloween party. I've already started my online marketing and my automation campaign through Spark, and I already have 15 people signed up and paid for. It's crazy. I just love it. And um, and the way it's worded, the parents – I mean, I write every everything from the the email message to the text message. They did, they don't realize that it's in the can. Every two days, this will go out. Every four days, that'll go out. And they're like, "Oh, thanks for thinking of me." Like they email me back, you know. And they're, it, they they don't realize it's an automation that was set up, uh, you know, a month ago. But um, we're talking to each other and creating these conversations, and I'm super happy. So my Halloween party is going to kick. I expect to probably have like sixty to seventy people at that. So it's going to be super fun. So what are you doing? What retail-wise, what do you got? What's your thoughts? Yeah, so we've got um, the uh, Zombie Wars, you know, the Nerf Zombie Wars oh, coming up. cool. So we got a couple of nights of that. And then, um, obviously, come November is our, our sale for, you know, um, the, ho the holiday sale with regards to, oh, you know, right. merchandise. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. So we got that coming up. I can't up. believe that, dude. That's, like, right around the corner. Can you imagine? It's it's crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. Do you do any fundraisers like um, food, like gathering of food and bringing it to the soup kitchen? Because we do that every year where we have people don't. And, and at our holiday party, in order for them to get in, it's at my school. It's free. They have to bring a can or a box of non-perishable food as their entrance ticket payment. Right. And then they they're able to go to the party. So we, we raise all that money for the local soup kitchens and, you know, families in need and so on and so forth. No, I haven't done a can drive or anything like that in quite a long time. Wow, I'm surprised. 
yeah, maybe you should do that. Maybe I'll inspire you to maybe get that on board and give back to the community on, on that one thing. Cause you're, you're involved so much with your church, right? And you're involved with different things that way. And so, um, yeah, maybe this will be a fun thing. I always like doing that. Like my daughter, I'm proud of her. I told you before, she, in lieu of her birthday gift, you know, Facebook allows you to do a fundraiser in lieu of your birthday. And she raised like $1,200 on, um, a campaign for the CTF, the Children's Tumor Foundation. Of course, I was a big proponent that invited 1,400 of my friends and, you know, putting it out there. But, um, yeah, I'm so proud that a young 20-year-old girl would care about that versus, you know, herself and the next new dress or clothing or whatever. Right. Well, she's going to stop at the thrift store anyway. She doesn't have to worry about that. Oh, yeah. I, I just I just got a message <laughs> from one of my friends, somebody who's watching. He says, every time I talk, my auto zoom in and out function is making the camera blurry. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to shut follow my face off and just zoom back. OK, cool. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, so what else did you say you were about to say, like you're doing like a retail sale and things of that nature for the holidays? But do you do anything as far as memberships and discounts or? What do you do with that stuff? Um, well, I mean, I, come November, I have my karate for Christmas. I'm going to do something a little bit oh, different yeah. this year than what I've done in the past. But because uh, um, usually it's $69, you know, for the karate for Christmas. But uh, I think right. I'm going to change it. I think I'm going to bring it to a $49 uh, karate for Christmas trial. I'm going to lower it a little bit. But I'm not going to give the $10 Target gift card like I used to do. And okay. uh, we'll, we'll just see. I mean, I'm just kind of curious to to try a different number and and see what I do this year on that number. Yeah, I think it. You know what's interesting, and I don't know. Um, do you deal with Groupon and and those type of coupon type memberships? I have some of them out there, and um, I'm finding like a lot, like especially when I had the kickboxing program, which I I shut that down about a month ago. And oh, and what a what a difference not having that stress. You know, like who's teaching tonight and who can't teach and, you know, and, you know, having people there, but they're in a Groupon and no one's paying, but I'm paying instructors. So anyway, I just, I'm just focusing like I used to 100% on my martial arts, right? Growing the business well, that I know the best and you, so on. You, you talked about simplifying and that's one way that you do it is you, you yeah, know, exactly. I, take, I, I, mean, I, I felt bad when I took out our kickboxing program because of the people right. that really still wanted to do it, but it didn't make it. It right. didn't make sense. It just didn't. Yeah. And that's hard. And you're you right. Know, I, I, the headache. Oh, yeah. I know. It's always like, uh, I can't teach tonight. Well, I'm like, listen, you're my only guy. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't feel well. Like, okay. I, and then, of course, I'm just going up there and doing it, right? Like, always struggling. And I'm like, I don't need to do that with the martial arts. I have a few good instructors that are dedicated, no need to deal with the stress with it, and, and it's just working really well without it. I mean, sad to see, like you said, that program, I hate to fail or say I'm failing or let a program stop that didn't do as well as I would have liked. But but I, I also found that these Groupons were killing me. Like, they'd come in, they'd do their, their 10-class Groupon, you'd never see them again. Or they'd come in with such a low point of entry, 20 bucks or whatever they were paying Groupon, and they were like, who cares? I, I, I'm not going to lose anything. I, I did my four classes, and I'm not going to come back. No, you know, no response, no, no conversion. And it was funny. The minute I canceled the program, um, everyone was like, oh, I was just about to sign up. Like I had like 18 sure. of them that were just about to sign up. I'm like, oh, interesting. But I asked you like 10 times, and you said, I'm not sure. I don't know. And now the minute I say that I'm not doing it anymore, you were just about to sign up. So it's like, you know, it's just their way of going out, you know, their way of showing me that, uh, you know, that they, you know, they were, they were upset with my program shutting down. Well, but anyway, yeah, so. don't you have, don't, don't you have individuals that are um, always saying, oh, you should do this or, oh, you should do that. Oh, and, yeah. You know, or if you, like, had, oh, if, you had a, yourself if you had a program with the moms and kids together, I would do it, right? Like that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Or while while the kids are working out, I, I you know I'd like to do X, Y, or Z, but I just don't want to be in karate, and you know, right. and it's like uh, it, everybody has you know the thousand good ideas, but and and right. they've never, but they're not in it. They don't know what's going on at the studio. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, you know, I've done that. I fell for that trick. And then I set up that mommy and me class on a Saturday because 25 parents guaranteed they'd be there. And then I go, oh, the program's ready. We're up and running. Oh, yeah, I'll get back to you. You know, like there's one cricket out there that's, you know, doesn't even do martial arts, just cricketing away. No parents did it. It was all just their way of 
offering to do something that he knew I didn't have so that they had an excuse not to do it. And um, I fell for it. So, um, hey, we have some questions. So Frank Martano, um, who I know for a very long time, he's an old karataka guy, a traditional uh, martial artist. He wrote a few things. He wrote, I feel real street defense needs a different approach than just learning to kick and punch. Real situations takes the mind to already be trained. Uh, real situation takes the, the mind to already be trained. So um, what's your thought on that? Like, you know, scenario-based self-defense. Is that what COBRA is doing? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, not only just scenario-based training, but introducing, um, uh, what do I want to say, adrenaline. You know, right. there's a, there's adrenaline stress training with uh, pressure testing uh, the the uh, scenario pressure testing the technique techniques in different scenarios. So which I like I saw uh, a video been, that they did. I saw a video yeah. where they had a person doing self defense techniques and he was yelling out colors behind them like blue green in a certain sequence and then he asked them afterwards what colors they heard and he's like I didn't even hear you talking like that adrenaline based you know, tunnel vision kind of mentality. I tell you, I just saw a video the other day of a cop's body cam, two police officers' body cam. And, you know, we talk about martial arts and being a warrior. And there was a guy with a knife, no shirt on, walking towards these cops as they're backing up with guns drawn, body cam, full view. Please, sir, drop the knife, like pleading with this guy as he just keeps slowly walking toward him. And they're backing up, backing up, backing up. Probably like four blocks they back up. That's how far. And then they got to a main road where they couldn't back up anymore, and the guy starts to charge the one cop. And he unloads, like, five shots, center mass, like a horror movie. The guy falls down, and, like, like Jason from boom, and then, like, right back up again and starts coming again. And he shoots him two more times. The guy, the guy falls and gets back up again and then charges the cop with the knife right as he's putting the knife to the cop's throat. The other cop does a headshot and finally stops him. So it was, like, 11 shots to stop this guy. And it just goes to show, like, adrenaline, drugs. Like, you think that sometimes you know. And if you're not trained, like, the cop didn't get hurt, thank God. And But, I mean, like, he did everything right. They were very careful. Um, they made sure they had verbal cues and verbal warnings. And they covered him in a really good angle, very well trained. But even with that, um, all of it hit the fan. So, I mean, I love that you're doing all this Cobra defense and teaching people about that adrenaline stuff and so on. That's an awesome, awesome program. So what do you think about Frank's other questions he had? He had another one. He said, um, he, first he commented and said, I also wear the same three shirts. Um, well, we, <laughs> we don't only wear three shirts in our defense, <laughs> but we do have certain shirts that tend to recycle through on our videos, right? Um, but uh, there, there's another thing he said, um, how about talking about schools now versus 40 years ago and which is better for the students? So, Dwayne, why don't you, what do you think about this? Like, you know, you've been doing this for well, 25 years around 40 no this yeah i've been doing martial arts for yeah let's say i was 17 when i started and i'm 46 now so right. but i haven't but been how around long your school in, is 20 years this year 21 20? years 21 years yeah so what is your thoughts with that like you know compared to 21 well, years ago like what what do you think um well, we've kind of talked about this before that, you know, the industry has changed, but I think what's right. changed is that society has changed. It's not, I think martial arts would have stayed the same to a certain degree had the society not changed. But yeah. now we're dealing with so many other uh, opportunities for, for kids and even adults to go and try and do. And, you know, we're, we are, waving our flag as, as high and as fast and hard as we can to get the attention of, hey, come try martial arts, come try martial arts. Um, right. But even martial arts now has become the, a, I think to a certain degree, just an activity and yeah. not something that is a way of life. Now you talk to some of, you know, the people that are my age or even my parents' age, you know, th those individuals knew that martial arts, you know, there's discipline, there's respect. There is a way with regards right. to martial arts. Um, I think the, the you know, the 25-year-old, even maybe even 30-year-old parents now, they don't see that it is a way of life. They see it's um, uh, an activity for now type thing. Yeah, a, com a commodity and, kind of thing. And so I yeah. think that that is a, a huge 
hurdle for us to overcome. And it goes kind of back to what Mel talked about when we, when we interviewed Mel Abraham is, you know, they just don't know. And they're in that right. realm of not knowing. And then we have to bring the idea up and then we got to sell them on the idea of the fact that, right. you know, not only, not only is this an activity, but it's way more than an activity. And here's what it is. And right. got to get the buy-in in order to get the longevity. Um, yeah. And it, we didn't have to, I don't think back then we had to do that much communication to get the buy-in and get the agreement. Um, well, I think that though, we have I to do though, nowadays. when, you know, I, I'm a, old, a lot older than you, right? You're how old? 44? 46. Okay. So I'm about, what, I'm going to be 55. So I'm about like, you know, nine years older than you, right? So, um, and I've been doing martial arts since I'm three. So I saw the era of the 70s martial arts, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, back then, the infusion of martial arts into the society, into the world was very mystical. You know, it, the martial art movies were martial art lessons, right? They they yeah. had a, a theory and, and a, and a um, you know, a um, uh, script that was based on, you know, these ancient martial art principles of, you know, being a superior warrior and, and you know, the old age-old philosophy and history. Now everything, skip ahead to the 21st century, now everything has martial arts in it, martial arts fighting, but very rarely do you get the martial art lessons behind it. Like, there are no more martial art movies. Like, the only other thing that I could see that was martial art-based that I loved was the new Karate Kid Cobra Kai launch and the two seasons. Very Mr. Miyagi-ish kind of lessons from the bad instructor to the good instructor and the students that struggle and all this stuff. And it had a lot of martial art value systems. And I said, wow, that could that would probably do very well in our culture. I think parents would love stuff like that. I don't think mainstream Hollywood is interested in that, but I think that the people out there would be, you know, and um, that's right. where I, that's where I'm not looking for 50 people with mixed philosophies. I'm looking for out of the 50, 20 of them that really get and appreciate and want to be a part of the culture that I've designed in our school that I teach. And I, and it'll make my life that much easier, don't you think? Like, I mean, in your life, if we have people that align with us mentally and spiritually, right, that's really what it's all about. So Yeah, it just makes it a lot easier when we're on the same page. It it just does, you know. Yeah, and, and Frank Martano wrote, um, he's going along with us in conversation, um, and he wrote, uh, yeah, I agree with Dwayne on that. Oh, I just missed it. And he Dwayne's correct. It is another activity to do, and I agree. Um, but like I told these parents yesterday, I had two moms and I said, listen, I don't want you to think of this as just another of your 15 different activities. Think of this as one of the most important of those activities and all the other things as supplementary, right? Things that they do, soccer, t-ball, baseball. I said, because I can guarantee you, I just, by the way, I just left um, yesterday and went right to the dojo after meeting with one of my attorneys, just about general business practices, my estate plan review and things like that. And um, he was my student when he was three. He's now my attorney. He's this big, good-looking guy, his own office. He's taller than me, bigger than me. He's muscular, you know, and he's like, I'm bigger than you now. I said, I could still kick your butt in two seconds, you know, but I'm so proud <laughs> to see him in, in his office, you know, and, and this is what a good classical, traditional martial arts school brings up, you know, these disciplines and focus. Not to say other schools don't that aren't traditional, but at the same time, that's what makes martial arts so special. So, so I'm curious when he addresses you. Still calls me by my title. See, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, it. And, and I would I never. And, and, yeah, you see, and I never. And by the way, he came from a crew of kids that, and I don't want to use the word that I, I was abusive, right? Because, but I was hard. No, you told the story kids. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you. Have. Yeah, you've I told mean, the story before. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I would beat the living crap out of them, but in a, in a good way, not to the point where they were injured, but like I wouldn't let them slide in any way, shape, or form. It's a one time. I don't know if I told you this story, but one time I had a meeting with five of my black belt kids. They were anywhere from like thirteen to like fifteen, and they wanted to have a meeting with me, right? I'm like, what? Maybe they wanted to do something special. So I met with them. And they're like, you know. Um, sensei, because that was my title at the time, you know, we really wanted to, we're not happy that you're putting the Japanese lettering on the belts now. And, you know, we're, we don't want that. And I'm like, okay, no, no problem, guys. And they're like, oh, great. You know, I'm glad you understand. I said, absolutely. I said, I hope you have a good time at your new dojo. 
And they're like, what do you mean? I said, you're all kicked out as of this time, right as of this meeting right now. You're no longer part of my school. Please leave my office. And they all put their heads down and walked out. And the parents like, what's going on? How'd the meeting go? And I said, they, he said, he kicked me out. And they all left. And I shut the door, slammed it behind them. Boom. I was pissed, I have to say. But at the same time, it was all a way of me showing them that they had no say. I'm the boss, right? And But they all came back. They all apologized. They all had kanji on their belts. And, and they all went with everything we did. And then they all learned to appreciate it and love it. But at first, you know, we get set in our mindset. But I was hard on them, you know. So um, this this kid who's now my attorney, even his, his, his boss was in the office. His boss is like, so Jared speaks very highly of you. He must have done something right. I'm like, yeah. He, and Jared goes, yeah, he kicked my butt literally for 15 years. You know, that kind of thing. So it's interesting. But uh, so, so, yeah. It, but that's it, what we're missing. That's I know. what we're missing. I got parents at the studio that call me Dwayne. Right. I hate that. And it's not yeah. an ego thing. It really is right. not. It's the fact that I, I expect your kids to address me in this manner. I believe right. you should do the same. What do they I call you? Call uh, you the students call you. But Mr. Brummett? I prefer, or, or... Them, I, I prefer to be called Mr. Brummett. You know, okay. my well, title now cool. is associate professor. I don't want them saying associate professor Brummett. Right, I don't right. even want them to have to say professor Brummett, although – it's better than, than it was when it was Master Brummett, just because yeah. obviously I run a Christian studio, and, and I do have some people that have a hard time yeah. saying Master Brummett. I said, just call me Mr. Although, Brummett. Although if they wanted to shorten the associate professor thing, they could call you Ask Pro, and that would be fine too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know if that'd be fine, but yes. <laughs> so so but I I'm almost always, cursed, and I, I never just, cursed, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of like saying asphalt, right? So yeah, um, but but so I think for you though, um, so when people say Ryan for my black belt, I say Wrenchy Ryan. You mean? Yeah, yeah, Ryan. Right. I and then I say it again, Wrenchy Ryan, because we don't call him by his first name. His name is Wrenchy to all to everybody. Just like for me, it's Shihan. You know, and um, and that's the tradition of the martial arts. You know, you're not Shihan in the school and Ali out out of the school, right? You're Shihan now and forever. Like I always like, I would say to my daughter Kiara, right, and she'd say yes, and I'd be like, yes, what? And she'd go, yes, dad, and she knew I I go, what is it? And she'd say, yes, Shihan, and then at home I'd bust her chops. I'm like, who is it? And she's like, your your dad at home. I go, okay, I'm gonna let that slide. <laughs> but at the dojo, at the dojo, I'm Shihan to her as well. So, I mean, it's just respect. I mean, and you should, you garner that respect. You work so hard for that. If I were you, I'd get them on board and explain it to them so that they understand, right? Because um, I think that's what's lacking in our society as well, where people don't respect authority. And I don't mean authority like, you know, hey, hey, look, even the president of the United States, you know, 10 years ago, you wouldn't say the things that you say um, about the leader of our country. You might say you hate him, you don't like his philosophies, but you wouldn't outwardly type funny things. And the com comedians wouldn't say the things they said. I mean, um, who was it? Um, I think it was Roosevelt. Who was the guy uh, that was paralyzed? Um, what president? He had no, no use of his legs, and um, he was in a wheelchair. Anyway, I'll think about it in a minute. But Gary Truman? At the same, no. Yeah, Truman, I think, right? Maybe it could have been yeah. him. But they never photographed him in that state. Like, they always photographed them from the waist up um, because they felt like they didn't want to think the other countries shouldn't think of our president as weak. So they had a very decent respect for the leader of the country. Nowadays, we just say and do whatever the heck we want um, and, and criticize and talk negatively to people. I see the kind of rhetoric on social media where um, some celebrity will say something and they'll say things like, oh, I wish you were aborted when you were a kid and your mom is this and your father is that. And I go, and I'll always type, I'll say, you do realize that there's a person behind behind that Twitter account. Or, you know, you, there's a girl that I follow, Christy Swanson. She was the first Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And her and I talk back and forth. Um, she's on the new show, Seals, on Channel 5. And her and I kind of chat. And, and uh, she's amazing. And she's a patriot. And, a, and, you know, she's, you know, one of those, you know, cowboy-type girls. But the people say vicious things about her. Like, she's not even, like, guys will say things that I'm, like, blown away. Like, did they actually just say that? Like, you know? So I wonder, and then this is, 
all stems from people not knowing how to respect people. And I think in your case, they should respect you. Um, say your name, at least Mr. Brummett at minimum, but maybe your title, because you know, you're a life changer, man. You're, you should be looked up to. Well, I, I think maybe part of my problem is when I introduce myself to them, I'll say, hi, my name is uh, Dwayne Brummett. And then when I introduce myself to the kid, you know, I'll say, hi, my name is Mr. Brummett. What's yours? You know, right. maybe I just need to introduce myself as Mr. Brummett, and that's it. Yeah, and, and it should be culturally, like, if some kid says your name, you, you say, that's not what you call me, right? Like, you know, um, there are kids sometimes that will say things to me like Renchi Ryan. That's my student. They'll call me by his name because they're so used to just saying, and I'll go, and their name might be Michael. So I'll go, okay, Peter. And they're like, that's not my name. And I go, well, that's good because that's not my name either. I'm not Ranchy Ryan, you know. And they're like, oh, sorry. And then, and then I say, my, call me Sheehan. That's it. You know, so I think that that's important. But I, I do believe that, you know, the, that they say the fish stinks from the head down. So respect starts from the head down. So if we're always giving respect and showing respect, they should do it as well and, and give it back. So, um, so anyway, Gus Lopez wrote, do, what do you think about Krav Maga? Um, thoughts on Krav, and uh, so what are your thoughts on that? I think it's a good system. I have no problem with Krav Maga. Um, right. I'm a little bit more partial to Haganah, um, but I think Krav is, is, is a good system. I don't know enough to say, hey, you know, it's better than X, Y, or right. Z. I, I, right. I do know that um, it's it's a more realistic system than a um, – oh, gosh. You know, I, I, let me just – my upbringing in Tung Sudo, I'll just put mm-hmm. it on me. It's a more it's a more realistic system than my upbringing in Tung Sudo, but it's not traditional. I mean, there's two different things. Right, right. You know, and we I like do. We do... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. You continue. No, I just say we do um, in in our uh, our realistic self defense. A lot of it is based upon Haganah, which is very similar to Krav Maga. Right. Um, and then even on through to Black Belt and Beyond, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Well, I think now Cobra is kind of your Krav in your school, right? Because Krav is known as the, the self-defense driven only, right? So, like, my friend, uh, John Bullock, um, he's from the U.K. He runs the largest Krav organization in all of the U.K. I think he's got, like, a, he's the main guy who goes, he's from, he's Israeli, goes to Israel, was in the Israeli military, lives in the U.K. He's got the first standalone um, which I helped him with building and designing and, and that kind of stuff. And I've done coaching with him. Um, and he built a beautiful standalone Krav school. Um, and it's funny, though, because we had to plug a lot of the holes in, in the system because he's like, how do I – there's no belt ranking system. So how do I keep kids interested? And how do the adults stay? So we developed level one, two, three programs. We level, like, sticker systems and reward charts and all stuff that we do in our traditional schools because that's what was lacking for retention in that, that system. Um, so it was kind of interesting. But it's a great self-defense system. But that's why I love ninjutsu, though. Everything I see in Krav and everything I see in Cobra and everything I see in, in Haganah and other things, you know, KFC, I forget what it was, not KFC, KMC or KMS, or, which was another self-defense-based system from Spain. Um, and I think KFC is Kentucky Fried Chicken, so that's not the same thing. But, but anyway, so that those systems are all basically, they took out the traditions, the, the, the technicality, and they just gave them straightforward self-defense-based systems, right? And that's it. So, um, okay, so uh, uh, Rick Kellerman, Sifu Kellerman's on, and he said, Krav has some really good gun disarms. They incorporate distracting techniques into them. That's true. James Dunlop said, I have a big policy on re- retranslating words like respect often. We aren't defining words for kids when they get what we are asking for. When they, when they get where they get, where they get what they are asking for. I'm a little confused at that, Dwayne. Can you translate that? I'm a, so I have a big policy on retranslating words like respect. Often we aren't defining words for kids where they get what we're asking. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's saying that we we say these words and the kids don't know what the words we, mean and that we're not, we're we not explaining them. We to understand it. Yeah, yeah. Right, and we're, we're not explaining to them. Right. 
Yeah, like, I, I mean, I once had an instructor in my school say to this class of four-year-olds and go like, does everyone comprehend what I'm saying? And they're like, yes, sir. And I'm like, okay, uh, who knows what the word comprehend means? Raise your hand. And not one kid raised their hand. <laughs> so they were just like, they're, they're you know, they're so trained to respond. Like, I have little, little ones, two to four-year-olds, and we'll say, how do we focus? And we say, focus your mind, focus your heart, focus your body. And they'll go like this. And they, like, they actually just say the sounds because that's what they're hearing. And they're, they're re you know, kind of like parrots just saying the sound and going through the motions. So I have to slow them down and talk to them and explain it to them and make it into a story and so on. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, Brett, Brett, I love that. Yeah, I think Brett's onto something that we are assuming that our understanding of respect or discipline or focus or whatever yeah. um, is the same as the child or as the same right. as the adult standing across from us either. I mean, <laughs> you yeah. know, that might be, uh, yeah. So uh, that's a good point. Um but I think that's also where some of these sayings are inside of our curriculum, you know. Um, yeah. So what is, like, one of, we, one of the things we have is, one of the questions is, what does a bow teach? Uh, teaches I give respect, right. I get respect. You know, right. but maybe we need to go a step further and say, okay, what is respect? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know well, it is. That, yeah, it, that brings in a good I question. Understanding, too, that that words are, just because we speak the English language, um, words just like that color chart you and I often talking about where, you know, 50 shades of blue and you and I both like blue and the high shade is like sky blue, which is almost white. The dark shade is navy blue, which is almost black. People's impression of the word respect or discipline or focus is very similar as well. I'll, I'll tell you another quick story. When I was in Japan, I went to an, a, a seminar with the Nagoya sensei and uh, with my teacher, Tanimura sensei, and there was this big, tall Aikido guy there, a Japanese man, like six foot tall, right? And um, every time this, uh, this sensei demonstrated techniques, he was in his late 60s early 70s or maybe, you know, and um, this Aikido guy would come up and if he said, grab me, the Aikido guy would grab him to the point where the Japanese man couldn't demonstrate his move, the instructor. So then the instructor in his 70s would always fall back on this throw. Every time he'd fall to his back and flip this Aikido guy in the air because this thing didn't work that he was trying to demonstrate. So I said to my teacher, Tanimura sensei at the time, I said, uh, can I thrash this Aikido guy, like go out there and give him a whooping? And my teacher says, he does it one more time, you go out there and give him a beating. And I was ready to do it. Like, I just wanted to do it so bad. Um, and that would have been a great story to tell if I got, I was able to whoop him, right? And, um, but then my teacher said, though, uh, afterwards we were talking out dinner and the Aikido guy said, I'm really sorry if you, I, I didn't mean to be disrespectful. My sensei always makes me grab him and fight him. He said, I didn't realize that you didn't want to do that. And, you know, so his, he was being respectful by grabbing that way. We considered him being disrespectful by grabbing that way. So it really is the translation of the word, right? And that's really where this opened my eyes to when I taught seminars and how I dealt with people. Like I would never say, punch me in the face and then tr- block, right? Because they, some people will punch you in the face. Like they'll literally do what you say. So I would always be careful and make sure I was ready and, you know, watch them because I didn't trust anybody. And you have to be careful of what your words say. And we often say that to kids, like, like it's common sense. I'm like, well, common sense is not so common, is it? If they didn't learn it, it's not common sense, is it? So it's interesting. Well, and, right? it's, so, yeah. and it's only, yeah, and it's only common sense based upon um, the tribe that you are involved with and growing up with. I think over time. Right our students understand respect the way that we understand respect, but not initially. Yes. Not initially. You know, and I'll give you a, for instance, when I got married, my wife already had two kids. So one was almost 12. The other one was almost seven. And I jokingly say this, but it is absolutely true. I always felt like I came in act two, scene three. Right. They would have jokes, inside jokes. They would say stuff. I'm sitting on the side going, I don't know why you're laughing. Right. They're, they're, it, it was really difficult. Um, yeah. And maybe that's, that, that's where our, our students are experiencing. When they come in, yeah. they're coming in, act two, act two, scene three. Yeah. And there's already um, a culture that's happening and inside jokes and all this other stuff. Yeah. 
that they don't well, understand. And so we have that, to uh, help them through that. That's what Mel said, right? He said you have to educate them. You have to go through those steps and phases to get them to be a player in your philosophy. Sometimes we're just happy that they signed up, and now we expect for them to figure it all out. Not, most of them, parents, don't have the time to figure it all out. So if we're not sharing videos and sharing, you know, philosophy with them and giving them education, they're going to be on the outside. So if they're not connected, which I hear all the time, like, hey, do you work at, on the kick mitt with the pads at home with your kid? No, I don't know what to do. So I do a kick pad seminar to teach them how to do that. Yet many people don't show up because they're too busy, these parents. are like, oh, but we have soccer afterwards. You know, we, we don't have, I don't have the time. You know, so they rely on us to impart these philosophies on their kids, just like we, we rely on the school system to impart the education on our children. Like, but at the same time, if we're detached from it, then we can't expect them to understand what we want unless we, we educate them. So that's yeah. a big disconnect, I think, in our world and especially in our schools. Hey, to go back to one of the topics we've talked about, because Rick, he, uh, he wrote, you know, how do you respond to a former student who, oh, yeah. uh, or students who, because they are no longer students, call you by your first name? Boy, that's a, um, uh yeah, that's a that's a good one. I don't know that I've had that very often. You asked me about Jared, my my student, right? Who's the my attorney? You said how does he re refer to me? So I guess isn't it about how we educate them in the beginning stages? Like if you respect your sensei now, and you leave on good terms, you should always call them a sensei. You should always like I have people when I meet them, my daughter can tell when they were my student by the way they they uh they call me. Hey, Sensei. Hey, Renji. Hey, Kiyoshi. Hi, Shihan. Because over the last 30 years, I progressed through all these ranks, and I can tell what era they train with me based on that the title. But if they like, hey, Ali, I quickly will will talk to them and go like, um, oh, no more Shihan for you, or I'll just say, hey, how's it going, and then I'll. I'm probably not that great for doing this, but I'll just brush the conversation over because I I think that they should know that, and I always educate people on that. You know, so that they should always and forever call you by your title, unless they want to truly show you, but they have to be educated on this, that if they're doing that, it's disrespectful. But my students who know how to do this, and then when they leave and they quit and we have odds, we're at odds, and they say, hey, Allie, I know they're being blatantly disrespectful to show me that they no yeah. longer respect me, that kind of thing. But some of them, they think like, hey, I only call him that because he was my sensei. He's no longer my sensei. I'm not training now. I'm, uh, you know, calling him by his first name. So I think that that's just a part of how you educate them. Yeah, I think um, I, I can't think of any time that that has really happened. It's been more parents doing the uh, calling me by first name than than, than right. students. But I I can imagine me kind of doing a double take and then actually talking to them, referring to them by their last name to see if they pick up the clue. Right, right, right. You know, yeah, so if again, the last name was Tyler, I would say, hey, Mr. Tyler, how are you doing? You know what I mean? I, I think right, I would right. probably do something like that. Like, in fact, I went into the bank yesterday right before the karate studio, and, and, and you know where we're located. We're actually located right behind a bank, and that's the bank that I was in. Well, anyways, I, I uh, walk in there, and there's this guy. Um, he, he had two of his kids in my program, and I'm talking 10 years ago, and so I – said, hey, Mr. Ostrowski. I said, how are you doing? He said, Mr. Bromet, how are you? And we talked. And, oh, and uh, you know, un unfortunately, I couldn't remember his daughter's name. But but he brought her name up first and said, I said, hey, what are the kids up to? Well, Taylor's doing this, da da da, da. And then I said, well, how's Travis doing? Because I, I remember, remember Travis' right? names. I just I couldn't remember Taylor's first name. Right. And uh, so, But I wanted him to know that I remember them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So. Yeah, and and that's great though. I mean, I I tend to remember people forever. Once I fi once I finally remember, I'll remember them forever. Like, and I could see their even as adults, I could see the kid face in that adult and go, "Are you yes. Twain?" They're like, "Yeah." <laughs> oh my God, Sensei. And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're right. like, "How did you remember me?" And then I'll remember. Like my brain is crazy, like some sort of savant. And I'm like, "You were a blue belt when you quit, right?" Oh my God, how do you remember that? That was 20 years ago. Like, so I just have this crazy mind filled with these useless facts. But, um, you know, so it, it's one of those interesting things. But you know what um, Rick Kellerman, Sifu Rick Kellerman just wrote, and it, there's an expression in Chinese martial arts, teach me for one day, Sifu for life. 
so that you always call them forever and ever by that title. So I like that. And I think that our society is taught, like even back in the day, you know, I, I didn't call my friend's mom, Joanne, I called her Mrs. Whatever, right? right? I, my mom, if I, you know, her friends were Mrs. and Mr. So-and-so they weren't like, like I have a neighbor from across the street when I was a kid growing up that her kid now is in his forties and he trains with me and he's, you know, he's, um, struggling you know he's getting his life back on track and um you know so anyway the mom often comes she's in her 70s she comes and watches his class and i see her i'm like hey mrs spencer how are you you know or hey you know how are you doing and um just amazing like i would always call her that i wouldn't call her by her first name you know it's just not respectful i never learned to do that never would do that so i think that our society just misses the point of respect. And, and that's why I believe that our schools are so important, especially to the parents that want that for their kids. They miss those days. They remember those days. They, you know, they heard about those days and they want their kids to have that respect. And um, yeah. this is why we are, we are those, uh, you know, that hidden missing link for the people who are interested. We might not be for the masses, but we don't need masses in our school. All we need is a, a you know a few hundred select students that get what we do, to, to for us to live the lifestyles that we want and teach what we do and love what we do and, and change lives. Right? That's really mainly it. Yeah, and right. And if we're able to impact two hundred students, you know, uh, you, you got to yeah. figure you, with attrition every every four to five years. You know, you you you've impacted anywhere from five hundred to you know, 800 students. Uh, I mean, right. really, I mean, it all depends on your attrition, but you you know where I'm going yeah. with that. Yeah, of, of course. Um, absolutely. Well, hey, we're, we already ran out of time and no technical hangups at all. So that was pretty cool. Um, so, was uh, nice. Yeah, I, I think this is a good call. I enjoyed just speaking freely without really having to stay focused on a specific topic. I hope that you have any last things to say or... No, I, I, I'm i not going to die, so no, I have no final things to say yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, by the way, I like your – I don't know if everyone's seeing that, but I, your camera angle is a little shifted. So I, I, I like the angle, uh, and uh, it looks good. I, You know, I, in my view, I could see much more of the room and uh, a lot of your photos and, you know, your home office where you're – like your bat cave, so to speak. Um, but, yes. uh, you know, so – yeah, so it's cool. And um, just so people know – I got that uh, idea from you, by the way. Of what? I got I got that idea from you because I, the way that your camera is always angled, there's depth uh, because right. I can see the corner of your room sometimes, so there's right. depth to that. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to change my angle. I, this might actually look better. So yeah, there you go. I like it. You did a great hey, job. Check so, this uh, out. You can see this. You can see this chair back here, right? And this pillow. Uh, just slightly. Okay. Yeah. Now. So, I, now I can see the pillow. Now, yeah. Can you, you see these buttons? I do. Okay. So this was um, a suit coat of my dad's. Wow. And when he died, and again, he died back when I was 15 oh, years I, I of see. age. Oh, I those are like a were, lapel buttons. Yes. And so I've, I've had suit coats for years. I can't fit them. I couldn't wear them. My wife took a suit coat in, and this was a few years ago. She took a suit coat in. And had this lady, you know, strip it down and make a pillow out of it. Wow. Got a little saying in here, um, and then inside of here, there's uh, there's there's uh, just some stuff of him, like pictures of him and I, and wow. stuff like that. Um, but I yeah, it. I thought, man, what a what a phenomenal idea. So that's why that's yeah on my, uh, on, on my chair here. <laughs> that's outstanding. That's really a very cool it's, idea. I love it. That was one of the best yeah. gifts my life's ever given me. You know, it really. Yeah, was. little. It's little <laughs> things like that, right? Like I have something here that my daughter gave me, and it just says to me, "I'll always be your little girl. You'll always be my hero." And I'm like a tiny little metal circle, right? That you know, it says that engraved on it, and uh, like it's the little things that mean a lot, right? That's really like even for our students, it's the little things that they do or say, and like I have a mom. Um, uh, that's new to my school and she just signed her daughter up for the Halloween party. And she said to me, she goes, Oh, what can I make? What could I, and I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, what can I cook? And I'm like, no, you don't have to. She goes, no, no, that's what, what, you know, we do this. I'm going to send my kid to you. I'm going to send them with, so I'm like, you don't have to. This is why it's called the parents night out. We supply everything. She says, not even cupcakes or cookies. And I'm like, I, we don't do that only because 
some of the kids have allergies and I don't know what they are. So we just let, we only do pizza drinks and that's it. She's like, Oh, I understand, but I, can I come and help clean up? And I'm like, I love her. Like, you know, like that, that's a mindset that you don't get quite often. You know, even right. though she's paying, yeah. she didn't say, can I get a discount if I work? She gave me the money, no questions asked, in cash, and said, now can I come and help? Because I that's way too little, right, that I'm just going to send my daughter to you. And that's the kind of people I'm getting more and more of because that's what we're, we expect, people like that. Right. So awesome, man. Thank you so much. You have a great day. And um, we'll okay. Nicole just joined right as we're hanging up. So we'll, we'll talk next Bye, week. Bye, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk next week. All right. All right, dude. You have a great day. See you later. Thanks for the you book. Too. Bye. Yeah, my pleasure. Bye. Bye.